Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You are listening to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I want to talk today about a proactive plan to care for others. One of the core aspects of our ministry is practicality. We want to not speak in theory alone. We don't want to give you information without giving you practical ways of of applying that information in your life. This is the heartbeat of our ministry, helping people to practically apply the gospel to their lives. This is a podcast that I want to talk about that because the heartbeat of Christianity is caring for others. In fact, you could. I was talking to a friend yesterday in Tennessee, Kyler. Thank you for the conversation that I had with you yesterday. And and he was telling me something that I have taught for a long time. And what he wants to do is he wants to help people. He said to love God and to love others. And I thought that is fantastic because that is what I teach my children. I told Kyler, I said, those four words are the four words that I tell my children that if they can accomplish these four words in their lives, they will have a fantastic life. They may not get everything that they want. They may not have all their dreams fulfilled, but they will have God's favor on them. And and that's the most important thing of all, that God is, that his name is made great and that his favor is, is on our lives. And you can take the entire Bible and sum it up in four words. And as I told Kyler yesterday, two of those words are the same. Love God, love others. I was so glad to hear him say that as a 20 20, 21-year-old young man, and he has the heartbeat of the gospel in his mind, and he wants to help people to to come to that reality, that practical reality of loving God and loving others, knowing that that is the best kind of life that you could ever live. But saying love God and love others is it's theory. It's a good idea if you don't make it practical. And so that's what I want to talk about. And that is the heartbeat of our ministry, how to take these spiritual truths and practicalize them in your lives in such a way that it not only transforms you, but it transforms others. And so I have an article here on the website, same title as this podcast, A Proactive Plan to care for other others. And so if there is someone in your life, and there is, or they should be, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a church friend, business workmate, a schoolmate, a friend of various stripes, you have these people in your lives and you want to know how to care for them. Well, this podcast is for you and you can read it on our website. It's a it's what we would call short form content. Short form content is a a short article, a thousand words or less, usually about seven hundred fifty words, five hundred words. Uh, this one's a little bit over eight hundred, and so you can read it quickly. And I would encourage you to do that if you want. I also have three other articles embedded in this one, and if you want to do a deeper dive, you can do that. One of those articles is called "A Proactive Plan for Equipping Your Church." This is what we do as a ministry. We are a parachurch organization. The word para means alongside of. We come alongside of local churches to help them to practicalize the gospel in their local assemblies. And if we can help your church, please contact us. We would love to talk about that. I have another one called a crazy idea for sanctification, the local church. 
And then a third article, three characteristics of a fantastic local church. So in these three articles, I'm talking about the church body because that's where most of us live or most of us are part of a community of faith, and I hope that you are. And if you are, you want to make that local church fantastic. You want to make it a caring group, a discipleship community. And so you can implement the things that I'm going to share with you in this podcast in your local church. But maybe more importantly, you can implement these things into your family. I want to get to this in just a moment, but I want to share this. Do you know that every year we reach hundreds of thousands of lives globally? This year, we will reach over one million individuals with the practical gospel of Jesus Christ. We help these people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. Through the written resources, audio broadcasts, equipping videos, and interactive forums, the Lord is impacting lives through this ministry. Will you partner with us to help continue this fantastic gospel adventure? You may donate or you may become a supporting member of our community by going to our website, and you can get the information there. For as little as $5 each month, you can provide practical tools for hurting souls. You partner with us, and you help us to reach more people with the gospel. If you are a local church, will you support our missional endeavors around the world? Whatever you can give to help this ministry, I promise you, it will change many lives. Let's get back to the podcast and the article, A Proactive Plan to Care for Others. A proactive plan to care for others assumes that you care for and love people. Now, if you don't love people, then your starting point is repentance. Last year, I had a church leader tell me that he did not love people, that he just didn't care about people. I called him to repentance. I asked him to repent in addition to step down from his leadership position because he's hurting people. If you're in a leadership role and you do not love people, then by all means, step down. You're not qualified to be a leader, and you need to repent. But sometimes in a family dynamic, a father can't step down from being a father. A husband can't step down from being a husband, a wife, a mother, the same. There are dynamics that you just can't dissolve or you can't replace the parts within the unit. And so that intensifies the imperative to repent. If you don't like people, you need to repent. I was telling Kyler about this yesterday. I I said, I am historically, and through my Adamic wiring, I'm an introvert. I prefer not to talk. And when I came to the gospel, or when the gospel exploded in my heart as a 25-year-old, I was confronted with this idea of introversion, quietness. I'm wired to be quiet. I'm not talking about fear of man. I'm not talking about that. There is shyness which is a synonym to fear of man. That's a sin problem that has to be dealt with. But then on the other hand, you have people who are just wired to be quiet. I am not a natural talker. It's not who I am. My wife is. She can talk. It is easy for her to talk. She is wired that way. It's work for me. 
I told Kyler I'd rather sit in the corner of a room and read a book. That has always been my bend. But when the gospel came into my life, I had to change because the gospel is all about going. The, the gospel is all about getting up in other people's business. As I mentioned, the two great commandments, to love God and to love others. And so if you don't love people, then your starting point is, is repentance. If you have a hard time going for other reasons, like I was talking about, my bend is not interaction, then I have to ask God, empower me. I, I do find it an irony that I communicate for a living because that has never been my style. That has never been my way. That's not who I am, but I do it. And I love doing it. God has changed my heart, and he's given me the ability to communicate, and I'm so thankful. But that's not who I am naturally. It is a spiritual work from the Lord to be able to do what I do And you may need to ask God to help you as well. If you don't love people, don't care for people, don't want to be around people, if you're naturally wired as an introvert, you need to change so you can get on with the gospel initiatives of going into all the world, even if that world is your small sphere of influence in your community. If you do count others already more significant than yourself, then here are some helpful thoughts to motivate you to care for them well. So some of you, you just need to repent first so that you love people or you can get in line with these gospel initiatives. Others of you are already there. You're ready to go. You just want some practical help. Well, this is for you. But before I give you these practical ideas, I want to lay a a gospel-centered foundation to this idea of getting into people's lives. And I think the best place to start, or at least one of the best places to start, is Genesis 3.15, where we get our first glimpse of the Father's redemptive plan to restore fallen humanity to himself. During the early hours of humanity's fall, God was proactive making a plan to redeem his fallen community. And these words, proactive and making a plan to redeem, they have to be our words too. We have to own these words if we're going to get in line with the gospel. Genesis 3.15 goes like this. The text says, I will put enmity between you and the woman And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This idea of bruising the heel, well, the picture here, the he and the his in this passage is referring to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who meted out the eternal death blow on the head of the serpent. He bruised his head, as the text says when he came out of the tomb. And so the person that that God is talking about here is Jesus Christ, the Savior. His heel was bruised, which is a picture of the bleeding of the Savior and how his blood atoned for sin. But what I want you to see in this passage, in the early hours of the Genesis story, God is already making a plan In Ephesians 1.4, it says this, He, God, chose us in Him 
before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Whether you're in the Old Testament, Genesis 3.15, the New Testament, Ephesians 1.4, you see the proactivity of God busy in our lives because he wants to help us to be better people, and that is what we want to imitate. God has always been proactive in how he thinks about, how he strategizes, how he plans for those that he loves. The great text, 316, John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have an active God, an active and a speaking God. You could say that he has been eternally proactive, especially as you read the Ephesians 1-4 text. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Even before the foundation of the world was laid, God was thinking about us, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That is the great God we want to imitate. And from this point of departure in Genesis 3.15, where there is the bruising of the head and the bruising of the hill, the Father pushed his plans through the Old Testament. Now, I'll not remind you of the many ups and downs as he persevered through much adversity to bring about what he promised to fallen humanity. It's like a man walking through the middle of a demolition derby. The father was on the move and would not be satisfied until the manifestation of his plan in Genesis 4. Verse 4, it says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. God walked through that demolition derby. And he moved on through with force and perseverance because he had a plan. This text in Genesis, I mean, this text in Galatians 4, it was not the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. It was only the continuation of his proactive plan to care for others. The father planned redemption and implemented his plan. I want you to see how he was premeditative proactive, intentional, intrusive, and relentless in transforming people. Now, those are the words that you want to imitate. Premeditative, proactive, intentional, intrusive, relentless in transforming people. God's gospel agenda to help people screams from nearly every page of his word. It is a loud call to action for his redeemed community to imitate him in his soul care plans. May I ask, do you have a gospel motivation, talking about the heart, an agenda, talking about your practical strategies when it comes to caring for those within your sphere of influence? Now, I'm not asking you if you're making any progress with them. I'm asking if you care. And, and from your caring soul comes a practical strategy to help them. And so my question is, do you have a gospel motivation? Do you care? And do you have an agenda? From that care comes these gospel strategies to help them. 
If you have children, how would they characterize your transformative proactivity in their lives? Do you have redemptive conversations with them about how you can care for them? To love God and your neighbor will not happen automatically. You have to think about them, and you must have a plan. When I think about God's great love for me and how he planned my redemption, it is more than stunning. It is an example that I want to emulate. Now, I'm still learning how to love others the way God loves me. I haven't perfected this, not at all. But one of the ways that I have been learning this is through proactive planning. People want and need leadership from caring individuals. My wife and children crave my leadership. They want me to lead. For example, it doesn't serve or bless my family when I come home and they ask me about my plans and I don't have any ideas other than vegetating on the couch in front of the television. That doesn't serve them. That is not proactive planning at all. That's not the leadership that they need from me. God loves me too much for me to be inactive. He serves me every day, and it's imperative that I am like him in my relationships, starting with my immediate family. Let me close this uh, podcast with a three-step proactive plan, a simple three-step plan that will serve you in your soul care endeavors. Now, it would be great if you could share these ideas with those that you want to lead. It would be great for you to share these ideas within your small group, within your family. But here is a simple three-step proactive plan that you can do today. Here, are the, they all begin with one word. I'll give you the words. Number one, ask. Number two, do. Number three, be. Let's take number one, ask. The most straightforward way for me to understand how to serve my family and friends is by asking them. For example, one of the most important questions that I ask my wife is, how can I most effectively serve you? That is a question that is regularly recurring in our conversation. How can I serve you today? Ask. If you're unsure how to help someone, ask them to share with you how you may serve them. Serving them is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. A proactive plan, simple three-step plan. Number one, ask. Number two, do. Follow up your request to serve with actions. Asking without works will lead to the death of your relationship. Be a practical daily doer of the Word of God in the lives of those that you want to help. Each family and group of friends are different. Find the best fit that works for you. The best way to know what works well is to talk about this, is to ask. A proactive plan. One, ask, how may I serve you? Two, do implement those things into those relationships. Number three, and maybe most importantly, be What do you want your family and your friends to become? I trust the answer is Christ-like. And if that is the case, I appeal to you to imitate Christ for them. People need to see practical Christ-like examples so they can get a vision for being Christ to others. What you don't want to do is to ask someone to be like Jesus, but you refuse to be like him. Therefore, model your message before you instruct them. Ask, do, be a proactive plan to care for others. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. 
Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.